Welcome to another Truth Matters episode where we discuss all things truth from a biblical standpoint. I'm your host, Matt Franklin. Today, the question I want to propose to you is, are we in the end times? And I want to start with a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, Fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jamborees withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be made manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. The Bible says that there will be lovers of their own selves, boasters, proud, blasphemers. They pride themselves in their successes. They pride themselves in their fame. They pride themselves in their gifts and their talents. They pride themselves in their riches, and they pride themselves in their intellect. In this day and age, there are many people who are full of pride. But the Bible says this is one of the signs of the end time. It also says that there will be truce breakers, people that can't keep their word, people that will say one thing and do another. The old men used to talk about a time when they were younger, when they made deals. They didn't have to sign a contract. They didn't have to go through the act of Congress, so to speak. But all they did is they shook hands and they made a deal and the deal was done. And they knew that both persons would be honest and they would keep their word. But in today's society, we got contracts that are broken. We have commitments that are broken. We have relationships that are broken. We have trust that is broken because people can't keep their word. Just another sign of the end time. We have lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. When it comes Sunday morning and it's time to go to church, do you go fishing or do you go to church? Do you go shopping or do you go to church? When the church doors are open, are you there? Are you faithful? Or would you rather be somewhere else? Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And having a form of godliness... They put on the smile, they put on the facade, they put on the religious mask, and they say, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, I'm religious, I know the Bible. And granted, they do. They know some of the Bible. They go to church religiously. They pay their tithes. They do the God things, but they're not faithful. They love pleasures more than God. 
They have a form of godliness. They look like they may be a Christian. They proclaim to be a Christian, but the Bible says that they deny the power thereof. So in other words, they claim it, but they can't back it up. They don't have the power. Where's the power in today's society? Where's the power in the churches? Where is the Spirit of God? Where is the old-fashioned Holy Ghost power that should be burning in the churches? You don't see it anymore. The churches have gone soft and conservative and dignified. There's no more move of God in the churches. They have the name of the church. They claim to be the church, but God is far from the church. Now, there are some real churches. There are a few of those Holy Ghost anointed church services, and you know it. When you encounter a church that is a real church, you know that the Spirit of God's there. The Bible says that He reigns on the just and the unjust. So the unjust know. They know whether you're real or not. They can tell by the power you carry. Do you carry the name with the power, or do you just carry the name? We should not take the name of the Lord our God in vain. Don't take His name in vain. And I know many people through the years have said that, you know, there is a a slang or a term that you can use, and by that you're taking the name of the Lord in vain. I get that. I understand that. But what he's really saying in this scripture is he's saying, I don't want you to just carry my name and do it in vain. I don't just want you to take my name when you get saved, when you get born again, when you get adopted into the kingdom, into the family of God. You take on his name. But I don't just want you to carry my name and claim that you are mine, but not live it. I don't just want you to say it, but not live it. I don't just want you to say that you're a Christian, but not walk it out and not live that. And I don't want you to take my name in vain. I want you to take it, and I want you to live it. And I want you to give me everything you have. And I want you to fulfill what I have called you to do. When I put my name on you, I trust you to carry my name and to be faithful to be my ambassador. You know, we're ambassadors of Christ. We are to carry His name, just like the president has an ambassador, someone that can go visit other countries or very important people and stand in the name of the president and stand instead of him and be that spokesperson for him. Just as there is an ambassador for the president, we are ambassadors of Christ. We carry His name. We represent Him. And how are you representing him today? Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 42, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. We don't know. We don't know what hour he's coming. You know, years ago there was a man in in town close to where I live, and he drove around town, and he would always set up, and he would have these signs all over his van, taped to his van. And he was always preaching that God's coming back in uh, such and such time. He's coming back in the year such and such. He's coming back next year. He's coming back. And that year came. God didn't come back. Why? Because he got deceived. He forgot the scripture that says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Nobody knows the day or the hour, not even the Son of Man. That's the Bible. Jesus doesn't even know the time. Until God says, go get him, my son, he doesn't know. Not even Christ himself knows the time. Are you ready if he comes now? Are you ready if he comes today? 
2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 4 says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Scoffers. So many scoffers. So many unbelievers. So many people making fun of the gospel and making fun of of his coming and saying, where is he? Where is he? I thought he was supposed to come. I thought Jesus was coming. You've been preaching this for years. Scoffers. Just another proof. The very fact that there are scoffers making fun of the gospel, questioning when is he coming? When is he coming? I thought he was coming. That's the very proof that this scripture tells us because there are scoffers, that's the sign of the end time. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 2 through 3. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Regardless of what you think, you better be ready, because you will not escape when he comes. As a thief in the night. So our Savior comes. Ezekiel chapter 30, verse 3. For the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near, a cloudy day. It shall be the time of the heathen. Which means heathen, sinner, atheist, you will have your day. Do you want to be ready today? Because today you can have your day of salvation. Or tomorrow when he comes, you will have your day of reckoning. But you can choose what day you're going to have. Are you going to have a good day when you give your heart to the Lord, when you choose to believe in Him? Or are you going to be caught off guard when He comes? As you are, so will you be. Heaven or hell, are you ready? If you enjoy Truth Matters podcast and would like to help this ministry continue spreading the truth of the gospel, consider becoming a patron. This ministry is 100% listener supported. Becoming a patron is safe, easy, and you can give a monthly gift as little as $1, $10, $100, or a one-time donation of any amount. Simply send us an email at truthmatterswithmatt at gmail.com and we'll forward you the information you need to sign up. Thank you in advance. Your help is truly appreciated. Contrary to the evolutionist belief, many Bible scholars have determined by tracing genealogies from Adam to Abraham to you and I today that the earth is approximately 6,000 years old. You can find one of these studies on answeringgenesis.org. Jesus lived out his ministry on earth about 2,000 years ago. And during his earthly ministry, he warned his disciples about the end times. If he was preaching on the end time message then... How much closer are we now? I've heard some people say, well, I've heard it all my life. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Folks, we're 2,000 years closer than we were when Jesus said that we're living in the last days. And are you ready? Are you prepared? There's a story in Matthew chapter 25 about five wise virgins and five foolish virgins. Now, bear in mind, virgins represent a Christian. They represent someone that is undefiled and pure, someone who has given their heart to God. And in verse 1 of chapter 25 in Matthew, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. 
While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go you rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. This story is a very sobering story, a very sobering depiction of the time in which we live. There were 10 virgins. There were 10 Christians. They were all Christians. But notice how five of them prepared with the oil, and they had their lamps trimmed. In other words, they had the oil, the Spirit of God, and they were trimmed up, which means they were prayed up, they were packed up, they were ready to go up. They were ready for when the Son of Man came. But the other five, they were Christians too, yet they only got saved, and they didn't think it was very important for them to pray or to study their word or to seek God or to prepare for the King to come. They all slumbered and slept, which means there was a time when they all kind of got lackadaisical, and they all got a little bit comfortable, and uh, they all took it easy for a while, but five of them prepared and five of them didn't. They were all Christians, but only half were ready to go when Jesus came, which tells me that much of the church thinks they're ready to go. Much of the church is sitting back, relaxing, taking it easy, saying, when's he coming? When's he coming? But they're not ready. And when he comes, he's coming after those who have made themselves ready. He's coming after those who have the oil. He's coming after those who have trimmed their lamps. He's coming after those who seek after Him daily, who pray, who study His Word, who talk to Him daily, who walk with Him daily, who are prepared to go with Him. And when He comes, if you're not ready to go, you will not go. You must be ready to go. Too many preachers today don't preach this end-time message anymore. If Jesus Himself preached it, why shouldn't we? John Hagee said it perfectly when he said this, The greatest need in the church in America is for gospel preachers to preach the truth without a curb around their tongue. Tell it like it is, comfort the afflicted, and afflict the comforted. That's so true. I believe the more evil, the more wicked, and the more vile this world gets, the bolder, the louder, and the hotter we need to preach the gospel. It's time to sound the alarm, preachers. It's time to be like St. John and be the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. It's time to sound the alarm. It's time to cry aloud and spare not. Jesus is coming back, and are you ready? And are you trying to get others ready? Romans 1 and verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They hold the truth in unrighteousness. They suppress the truth. They silence it. They censor it. They shush it. Postmodern society says suppress the truth. The leftist dictators say be silent, be quiet. 
The corrupt media, including most of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and even Google, are doing everything they can to censor conservative and biblical values. But the harder they try, the louder we need to get. The harder they try to censor us, preachers, Christians, children of God, the louder we need to get. You know the danger in being a bully? You will bully that one person for the last time before they snap before they swing back, before they finally begin standing their ground. And I believe it's time for the Christians of America, the preachers of America, the pastors of America, to begin fighting back the bully, to begin speaking up louder than ever before. Because I never read one time where the Bible says we have a tomorrow. But I do remember where the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. And are you ready? Preachers, are you preaching it like it is? Preachers, are you getting your church ready? Church, are you getting the world ready? Are you warning everyone that Jesus is coming? Jesus is coming. And remember, we're 2,000 years closer. Sinner, Christian, are you ready? Won't you make preparations today so that when Jesus does come, you'll be ready to go? It doesn't take a long, drawn-out, perfect prayer. All it takes is a heart that's willing and hands that are willing to get dirty and knees that are willing to get down and become calloused and ears that are willing to hear the Word of God and feet that are willing to do the will of God and a voice that is willing to speak His Word and trust in Him and believe in Him. So won't you make your preparations today? If you're not ready, just say, Jesus, I know I'm not ready to go. If you were to come today, I know that I wouldn't make it. And so I'm asking you to come into my heart and to come into my mind and to come into my life and to make me ready. Because when you come back, be it now, be it tomorrow, be it 10 years from now, I want to be ready. Save me, change me, and begin preparing me, and begin helping me to prepare others. Thank you for saving me, Jesus, and thank you for coming back to get me. Preachers, remember to speak up, speak out. Speak truth and speak it loud. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your family and friends so that we can get the truth out. Have a great day.